Well, welcome once again to Inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Sabalero, and Medtronic is the proud sponsor of this Inside EMS podcast. Every emergency call brings a new opportunity to make a difference. Learn how capnography monitoring from medtronic.com slash EMS. We are on the march towards 250 shows and 1 million downloads, and hopefully we can meet that by our April anniversary. That's right. Here is my partner, Kelly Grayson, and we're coming up on anniversary here in a couple months, and it's our fifth year anniversary, Kelly, and, and what do you get for five years? Well, for a five-year anniversary with you, uh, a straight jacket. Uh, First class, I got to deserve a medal for a five-year anniversary with you. Doesn't that qualify me for sainthood? Well, I tell you what, man. I don't know if uh, you get sainthood for hanging out with me, but I know Nancy McGee will get sainthood for hanging out with you for all these years. So I, so I guess there is that opportunity, but... I do expect a five-year gift, so uh, but uh, you work that out with yourself, and we'll see how that uh, goes. But uh, so the new, I'll, I'll get you some bail. Money. <laughs> Good, we could all use bail money. We, sh- I think we should all keep bail money in a separate account, like a bail bond. Exactly, exactly, man. I mean, I think that that would be really good. And for you, I would use Monopoly money. But uh, the new year, 2020, is it starting <laughs> off for you well? Yeah, new year, new me. I. I uh... Back on the weight loss train, I, I kind of backslid a little bit during conference uh, season and during during the holidays, but I uh, got back on the weight loss train, and I'm back down to a new low, so 71 pounds down and still working on That is awesome. And hopefully by by Christmas this year, I'll be uh, I'll be half the man I was. What are you trying to get to? Oh, dude, I don't I don't go by ideal weight because I, I BMI. Uh, if you go strictly by BMI. Um, uh, I would look like a cadaver or something if, if, at at my ideal body weight according to, to BMI. So uh, I just want to I want to shoot for the neighborhood of 230, 235 pounds. And, so and how tall are um, you? Like six one, right? Six one, six two. Yeah, six one and some change. Six one and a half, depending on what shoes That's I'm wearing. Good. I am trying to get down to my ideal weight of six pounds fourteen ounces. So I am going to work towards that while you're working towards 230. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Kelly, I think as we start off this year, it was really interesting. There's been a couple stories that have really piqued our interest for discussion. And uh, I'm going to let you set up the uh, subject this week. But, uh, you know, toxic culture of partners, you and I have had some conversations on it. And one of the stories that's coming out of oh, yeah. uh, FDNY was really kind of uh, eyebrow raising. But I'm going to let you set it up for the listeners. Yeah, to give our listeners a little background, there, there's a recent story on EMS1.com uh, of of two FDNY EMTs uh, partners who were apparently sitting outside, uh, sitting in their ambulance uh, outside a hospital, and got into an argument. And one took it upon herself to bash the other over the head with their mobile tablet, uh, uh, inducing uh, a couple of gashes, a gas that took some staples to close up and and some bruising, and uh, bad enough that, uh, you know, she needed medical attention to uh, to treat her wounds, and she filed a criminal complaint uh, against her partner. Um, FDNY is, is currently investigating it to see, what, uh, to, to see the story behind this, and, and thus far, no criminal charges have been filed uh, or pressed by the, uh, by the police, uh, although that may yet change, but it just kind of kind of brings it into mind um 
you know, Chris, you've been in this long enough. I've been in this long enough. Have you ever had a partner that you really wanted to bash over the head with a tablet? If so, uh, or, or did, did one, you know, abuse you that way? Uh, how do you deal with that partner that you don't get along with? Um, and how do you find some career satisfaction when you're saddled with partners that you, uh, you can't abide? You know, it's one of those things that uh, there certainly have been partners that I've wanted to stab in the eye with a pencil. And uh, I'm sure that there mm-hmm. were partners that really couldn't uh, stand me as well. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a, you yeah. know, when you sit in an ambulance with somebody for 12 hours, four days in a row, you know, yeah. you do kind of get to wear on each other. And whether it's the sounds that you make or whether it's the opinions that you have, you know, I remember that uh, I had a partner and him and I had vastly different political views and we had to be able to spend time in a vehicle where I had to listen to his radio station uh, and and the opinions of that radio station he had to listen to mine and my opinions and it caused for some really challenging times and I think that when we think about emotional intelligence and it's one of those soft skills that I think that we need to have and there are five components to emotional intelligence where we talk about self-awareness why is it that I get upset when this happens when somebody comes towards my office you see them coming and you quickly close the door because you don't want to interact with them uh, what is it about that person that really kind of grates on your nerves next you have self-regulation or self-control when you feel yourself getting to the point where you're going to uh, you know the blood's going to boil and the steam is coming out of your ears how do you control that a little bit better you know, next is empathy, is you need to be able to understand the other person. You know, now in this big political world that we're in, Kelly, you know, you have the opportunity that we have different political affiliations, and it seems that people get more and more upset about their opinions then they do just try to understand them. You're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change your mind. But we have to be able to respect each other's opinion. And then we want to go ahead yeah. and talk about uh, social skills as ready. How do we communicate? How do we have the um, how do we have the ability to um, you know just understand people? Conflict resolution. When we know that people are starting to get upset, how are we able to derail them? And how are we able to kind of move things forward? And uh, you know, kind of resolve that conflict. Good conflict resolution skills is about derailing the conflict before it happens. Not really when the conflict kicks off. Now, I know that's different from the question that you asked me. But when I went into the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the down the poll for emotional intelligence, I thought it was important really to quickly talk about those elements. But you know, one of the things, Kelly, is that I, I think that we've entered a time and a culture in our society where we're not giving the other side any slack and it's easier now for us and i don't no. know if this is is really what happened in this case i'm just kind of talking in general that i think that we really need to be able to cut people a break for their own opinions and not get so upset but i think that this is where society is going today and i don't really like where it's going no i i don't either i, I think uh it, it may be uh, a symptom of the fact that, that um manners are dying uh, in our society uh, and, and becoming less and less observed. It's, you know, I like to, uh, I like you bringing up emotional intelligence because it, it kind of operationalizes that whole, uh, the, the golden rule, treat people how you would like to be treated yourself, you know, and, and, and that's an aphorism we've used for years and years, but no one has ever really 
talked about the nuts and bolts of, of how to do that and, and how to, you know, how to uh, view a problem uh, from your, from your, your adversary's eyes or, or, or at least uh, look inward and, and see what it is that, that, uh, uh, in you that may be uh, eliciting that behavior from them. So it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's the how to, uh, to apply the golden rule. One of the things that, that kind of intrigues me about this whole thing is, is, is we're talk- talking about toxic partners, but we also, we, we, we should be talking about good relationships and EMS and how those things really contribute to career longevity. I'll bet you've got, that, that made it a joy to work with. And, and, and one of the things we, that we know about public safety and, and organizational hierarchies in general is that most of the career stressors are organizational stressors. You know, in the fire service and law enforcement and the EMS, it's not. What do you mean, what do you, the, what do you mean by that? What do you mean when by I that say, organizational When I say stressors? organizational stressors, I, I'm saying that the things that limit our career satisfaction and our career longevity, the things that contribute to burnout are not the patients. They're not the patients. It's our partners and our supervisors and our administration. That is the thing that wears on everybody after a while. Do you have a toxic culture at your agency? It really doesn't matter what the patients are like. Um, and most of us, I would like to think, have enough professionalism to, to deal with a patient, even though we may personally dislike uh, them or disapprove of, of some of their life choices that, that led to them being in the back of our ambulance. We still can put that aside and, and treat them effectively uh, and compassionately. But, but man, the, the stuff in between and all those organizational stressors dealing with with policies and procedures at your agency that you don't feel are, are just or well thought out. Supervisors who who play favorites or you, you think that uh, they're they're not doing their job effectively or a partner that you just don't get along with or you don't respect their knowledge or skills uh, or it's obvious they don't respect yours. Those are the things that wear on you after a while and cause burnout. It's It's not the calls we do. It's what we, it's what happens in between the calls that that get us soured on uh, on uh, relation the relationship with our agency, with our partner, and with EMS in general. So, you know, when you work with a person, literally half your life, uh, a partner is just important, just as important as a spouse. You know, we 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 sometimes don't consider that. Uh, but when you work a 4872 shift and, you know, we, we know how we hate those, but, um, they still exist in EMS. You work that kind of shift. You're literally with your partner as often as you are with your family. Uh, and if those, that partner is not like family and you're more like enemies, uh, it can be a drain. You're not going to stay in EMS or you're not going to stay in, in that relationship or at that agency for very long. So, how do we make it work, man? How do you, uh, um, aside from just the emotional intelligence, what do you? What are some strategies you've employed to to deal with a problem partner? Can you give me something specific? Yeah, you know, I, I think really it comes down to um, it really comes down to an understanding and, and respect. You know, and it could be simple stuff. You know, it could be people who listen. I, I, I worked, lived in, uh, you know, I worked in Texas for a lot of years. I got to tell you, people in Texas 
they like country music. <laughs> and I am not a country music fan. I do not get Boy, it. I you can don't listen. like Sammy Wynette? I can listen to rap music. I can listen to gangster rap. I can listen to some reggae. I can. I do not get. I do not get country music one bit. Man, it's three it, chords it, of the truth. It's... It's just it's just craziness for me, man. And uh, but I got to tell you, uh, there are times when you know people want to sing it or people want to listen to it. And you know, to me, I think that communication is really the key here because a lot of times, Kelly, how how many times do we have a challenge with our partner or we have a challenge with somebody, and rather than talk to them about it, we just kind of turn our backs and walk away, and then little by little by little mm-hmm. by little. We start to in, walk up that ladder. We're at rung number one when this first incident happens. And then we're at rung number two when the second. And then so on. And then we're finally at the top of the ladder some three months down the road because we've not talked about these challenges. And now we want to go ahead and punch our partner in the face because of it. i got to tell you, yeah. if we're having a challenge with our partner and we fail to bring it up to them and just talk to them and say, you know what, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is when people crack their gum god i hear that so loud when i grew up in new york city in high school people would crack their gum all the time and it would just take my attention away from my schoolwork, and it just grates on my nerves and i had a partner who would do it religiously and they didn't really know that they were doing it. and i said you know that that really irritates me i don't know why it does i really have to figure out why it does but is there anything that we can do here so you don't crack yeah. your gum. I know you like chewing gum. You know you do it all the time, but I just can't. I can't listen to it. It just. It's just. It's just unnerving for me. And yeah. you know, she was like, I had no idea. I have no idea that I'm doing it. I had no idea that it bothered you. But if you didn't bring it up, I wouldn't have known. And uh, you know, it didn't really help the situation initially because again, it's a habit that needs to be broken. But my failure to bring it up would have caused me to say I'm not working with this person anymore and then I would have had to come up with a reason that I'm not working with them oh I don't think they're conscientious as a medic or you know they they just don't have the same skill that I do and and now I'm just saying things for the sake of saying it so I can get off their truck but I think that we've got to this goes back to emotional intelligence Kelly when we think about self-awareness why why do we have these challenges and if we don't understand the why and I also think since we're talking about this and you know that uh, I'm a student of leadership I believe in the science of leadership I believe that self-awareness is one of the most important leadership characteristics Mm -hmm. because if you don't know why you do the things that you do it makes no difference that you know how to do a budget it makes no difference that you have good resource management it makes no difference that you can work the hell out of a schedule when you know you've got nobody coming in but if you allow your emotions to dictate your actions my rule number one never allow your emotions to dictate your actions if we allow our emotions to dictate our actions we have failed in our ability to influence other people and lead them so we really have to understand from a self-awareness standpoint as to the why now i know you're a guy i've worked with you now for almost five years i've known you for probably you know double that time i know Mm -hmm. that you're a man who can get how do you say uh a little heated under their collar very quickly you ever (laughs) sit down you ever sit down kelly and ask yourself why and really kind of work that down i wanted to write an article 
and I, I have it out that uh, I've been playing with it for a couple months called The Anatomy of a Thought. And it's going to be a leadership article based on self-awareness. And I got to tell you, there is somebody that I just am irritated with all the time that they come and talk to me. They try to seek my counsel. And I was I was hanging out in my favorite you know place. It's not a beanbag chair like you have in your you know illustrious <laughs> home down there in Pitkin, Louisiana. But I'm sitting in my favorite room in my favorite chair. And I started to think about the why that this person irritated me. And I finally got down about 15, you know, whys before I realized that she insulted me about three and a half years ago and I never got over it. That's the why. Ah. You know, so, but, yeah. you know, but, you know, for your own self-reflection, have you ever gone to the why as to you act the way, you, you know, you react the way you do sometimes? Well, I, well, first of all, I'll take issue that, that I, I'm, uh, I'm hot-headed, uh, or uh, I am passionate about something, uh, and and I am not. Uh, I, I don't tend to varnish my opinions uh, a great deal, um, but I have learned over the years that that you're not going to persuade many people by being a jerk. Uh, so uh, I learned how to package and phrase those opinions a little better, a little more eloquently. Um, my uh, my response when I don't like someone and I have to work with them, is we don't, con- we don't get into confrontations. Uh, I don't do confrontations, uh, and uh, I avoid those on scene and rarely uh, get into one even when I have a uh, belligerent toxic part on the rare occasion that happens. What I'll do is I'll just plan up and distance myself um, so we don't talk. Now, that hurts our communication. That hurts our coordination and, and scene choreography a great deal. Um, and I revert to that. You just stand there and I'll tell you to do whatever. Uh, and I'll tell you to hand me things and, and, and cause I don't trust you. Uh, and, and I don't trust myself to address these issues with you, uh, and, and do the, the communication necessary to make, uh, make sure we can work effectively together. Yeah, I think that, that I think that, yeah, I think that's I think that's really interesting, man, and and uh, I think that's one way to handle it, right? I mean, it, you're not getting to the core of the problem, but instead yeah, of getting to the not, core, yeah. you're saying this is the best way to. Do it. But I, I got a, I got an important question for you, and, and I want to take our little mid-show break here. And the question okay. is going to be: Has Kelly Grayson ever buffaloed or ever gorilla'd people because he's Kelly Grayson? Is to say this is just the way it's going to be. But hang on one second: certainty and uncertain situations. It's one of the things you need to do your job wherever you are, and it's why Medtronic offers capnography and pulse oximetry monitoring solutions that are designed to give you early insights into your patient's breathing. Act faster and intervene sooner. Find out how at Medtronic.com/ems. So here we are, the great and knowing Kelly Grayson, right? I oh, mean, boy. the all-knowing. Don't look behind the curtain, you know? The the yeah. great and knowing Pause Kelly Grayson. Exactly, the great and powerful <laughs> Kelly Grayson. Have you ever used that power? Have you ever used that that persona just to gorilla somebody on your truck to say, this is just the way it's going to be. If you don't like it, it's too bad. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something to you. I've done that. I said, you know what? I, this is I, this is my truck, and I was and yeah. I was wrong. This is my this is my truck. This is the way it's going to be. Um, I've I was never had to resort to that. Yeah, and really? I've never had to resort to that. Now, now I have, uh, um, but but um, if I'm going to be honest, I've probably done that inadvertently more than a few times. Uh, it's been pointed out to me in the past 
that I intimidate people. And I don't get how I intimidate people. I think I'm a warm and fuzzy person. I'm a fair-minded person, and I'm going to be direct uh, and, and fair with you. Uh, and I will treat you courteously until you treat me discourteously. Uh, my whole line is, is, don't make me be an asshole, son. I'm better at it than you are. But, and and the problem with that is, is when I try to be better at it than someone because they've, they've done me wrong or they've been discourteous or rude to me, uh, that nuclear response doesn't help anything. All it does is give me some personal satisfaction at, at, at tearing it down, but it doesn't fix the problem at all. Um, but what I've discovered from many other people telling me this over the years is I tend to intimidate people and that people don't tend to, to bring up issues with me, uh, don't tend to address issues they have with me and they don't bring them to my attention. They just suffer in silence because they're afraid of me. And I don't get that. I really don't. But it's been said to me enough times that I'm cognizant of it, and I try to, um, I tr- uh, being aware of that, even though I'm not doing it on purpose, uh, being aware of that effect I have on people, then then I try to be uh, cognizant of it and and address that on the very first night uh, or the very first shift with a new partner. I'm sure you've done the same thing. You you I've, you probably have a version of the talk when you have a new partner, that getting to know you talk where you lay out the relationship uh, and, and how you expect to work with another person and and that sort of thing. I, I, I do the same thing because I'm aware that I tend to unwittingly intimidate people. I make it a point to be unintimidating uh, and, and warm and cuddly um, at the, the very first uh, shift with a partner. And I'll tell them, uh, I'll lay out my, my philosophy. Uh, number one being that if I have a problem with something my partner does, I'm going to address that with my partner after the call. Never on the call, never in front of people, and I'm not going to jump down your throat. But if I have an issue with something you did, I'm going to address it with you after the call. That's what the post-call critique and the review is for as we look at things we could have done better. I said, and the second part of that is, if you have an issue with something I did, then wait till after the call, and you get to speak first. Always let my my junior partner speak first, uh, because I don't want them. I don't want to intimidate them into not talking. So I'll get the most honest answers when they speak first, and and I make it plain to them that I'm not infallible. I make mistakes. And good partners catch each other's mistakes. My job as a paramedic is to make sure that my EMT partner uh, doesn't make mistakes that will hurt a patient uh, and to let them make the mistakes that they will learn from uh, that are not going to really affect patient care. So I'll let those happen and we'll, we'll correct them afterwards. Uh, but I expect my partner to back me up as well. Uh, that whole EMT save lives, uh, paramedics save lives, EMT save paramedics, that's, you know, that's a cliche that we repeat uh, far too often, but it has uh, a grain of truth in it um, that good partners should back each other up and, and look out for that, uh, that uh, tunnel vision or, or that cognitive bias or that, that error uh, that they may be making and backstop them on that, make sure that thing, that thing doesn't, uh, doesn't occur.
I tell my partners, there's no Monroe Kelly doctrine for EMS crews. Just because I have a higher certification doesn't mean you have to be dumber. Um, so uh, there's no ceiling on what we do. And, and I'll tell them, you know, if I have a problem, I'm going to address it with you. Uh, and I want you to do everything that an EMT should do. Um, and 75% of our patients are going to need your skills uh, rather than mine. So that's the talk I usually have, and that works the vast majority of the time. I think one way that, that partner relationships go south is that um, the proper expectations were never outlined. You never started the relationship off on the right foot anyway. Um, and a whole lot of, uh, whole lot of, um, of disillusionment and bitterness and rancor occur from just not communicating well on the first day. Yeah, and I think that it's not just the first day, but I think that there has to be good constant communication. I want to make two more points yeah. before you know we, we get into the close of the show. I did forget one of the components of emotional intelligence. It is self-awareness. you got to know why you do the thing. Self-control. Mm-hmm. you got to learn how to control yourself. The third one is motivation, is self-motivation. The hardest thing that we have to do is lead ourselves, and we've got to be able to motivate ourselves. We have empathy. We've got to get into the other person's shoes and understand why they react the way they do, and then finally developing your social skills. So that is the five components. And I challenge you to go ahead and get online and read a little bit about emotional intelligence if you're not familiar with it. And, and a lot of times, if you could read a couple articles and understand that self-awareness component, you're going to find that you're going to be a, a you know just a happier person in those times of having to deal with your own emotions. Number two is, as I, as I get ready to give you my final thought, regardless of the situation and regardless of how mad I am getting at my partner or how enraged I feel myself getting, there is never the opportunity for you to get violent with your partner. Sometimes, yeah, never. Some, sometimes you got to defend yourself, right? Sometimes you got to put your two fists mm-hmm. in the air, and you got to be two fisted till the very end. Uh, but it's never with your partner. If you've got to get to a point where you think that fisticuffs is going to be the answer, we've already lost if we put our hands on another person. And we have to remember now: this isn't this isn't the playground back in the, back in the you know in the neighborhood. This is assault. And if you yeah. if you use something as an object. It could be considered assault with a deadly weapon, and we have to remember now that you know it's not the good old days, Kelly, where you could walk up to somebody and punch them in the face, you know, when you were 15, 16, 17 years old. Uh, there was a time where it was very, very easy for us to say, you know, let's go ahead and duke this out and see who the better man is. And yeah. um, but it's not that it, we're not in that age anymore. And now it's it's a crime as it was back then. People are gonna. People are going to uh, call the cops on you uh, because if you if you have get the better of them physically, the next best thing that they can do is have you arrested, and that's not going to bode well for your career. That's not going to bode well for your organization. And now we're talking about it because it happened in New York, and it's not going to bode well for our career field. And uh, being physical is never the answer. But uh, that's my final thought. It strikes me that if this assault had happened in a domestic relationship, one person would have automatically been arrested and put in jail. You know, uh, when, when police respond to a domestic dispute, if one party has injuries and the other one is not injured, uh, the uninjured party goes to jail and they're separated. Uh, why that dynamic doesn't apply to, to work partners, uh, 
um, I failed to I, I failed to understand why uh, it should be so different. But I'm going to steal a, a, a Chris Ceballero quote um, as one of my final thoughts. As you know, never let somebody else's attitude dictate your own, and and that's one of the main keys in in working in a dissatisfying partner relationship. Uh, and the other one being that self awareness that you brought up at the very beginning of the podcast. Uh, in the in the words of that noted philosopher Raylan Gibbons, justified. If you wake up in the morning and you meet an a-hole, you met an a-hole. If you meet a-holes all day, you're the a-hole. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Ever had any toxic partner relationships? How did you deal with them other than just getting a new partner? We'd like to hear your thoughts at the show at ems1.com. And for myself, co-host Chris Ceballero, and our sponsor, Ed Trine. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.